This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Once again, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, March 3rd, wherever and however you have chosen to connect, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who, at a moment's notice, is always ready to bust out a primary song, Jerem Jordan. Maybe that's the average BYU student. I think this is the home of random students just singing, like, unsolicited. Like, oh, I guess I'm trying out for the choir here in uh, the middle of campus. But, yeah, there are a lot of great singers around here. Um, but what we didn't know is that Mark Pope and Greg Bell both wanted to sing on TV. Take a look. It's like the wise man. The wise man built his house upon a rock. We all know that. Yeah. You want to sing the next verse? I, 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 not, I, the, the wise I man built his house upon a rock. The wise man built his house upon a rock. I knew I would get you to see it. Compelling and rich content from another episode of BYU Basketball <laughs> with Mark Pope, which you can watch in its entirety coming up after us at the top of the hour. The season finale. Yeah. Um, who, who gets killed off is the question. I mean, who doesn't return for season three? Is uh, it's a big. Uh, I don't want to give it away. You're the but... producer. You decide this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe after a primary song. It might be me. <laughs> <laughs> I might. Who knows? Who knows? Your Wednesday show lineup includes not more primary songs, though. I'm not entirely writing that possibility off. It does include another dose of BYU quarterback and top five NFL draft pick projection, Zach Wilson. In his words. Where has he improved the most since the season's end, and what are his weaknesses? The WCC Awards basically chalk from the preseason status, and we were spot on. Details on that. Plus, can the Pac-12 Conference afford to lose a combined two games to BYU football in 2021 out of five? What's that all about? And the woman behind a meteoric rise for BYU women's track and field and cross country, their coach, Diljeet Taylor, will join us again. This show is tailor-made. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. West Coast Conference Men's Hoops Awards are out. BYU highlights include Matt Harms winning Defensive Player of the Year. He's the first Cougar to win it in the WCC. First league winner since Jackson Emory in 2011 in the Mountain West. It feels awesome. I'm just super happy. You know, I, I didn't really expect the award. You know, I think there's so many great players in this conference that I feel like we have such a team mentality about the way we play that I didn't really expect that many individual awards, but just to take one home is really special for me. Absolutely. Alex Barcelo, also all West Coast Conference first team, Matt Harms and Brandon Abram on the second team. Caleb Lohner, part of the all-freshman team. Congratulations to BYU women's basketball head coach Jeff Judkins, who wins his second WCC Coach of the Year award. Shaley Gonzalez, his star, the co-player of the year, along with Jen Wirth of Gonzaga. Gonzalez is the sixth BYU player to earn Conference Player of the Year honors in the program's history. Gonzalez joins Lauren Gustin and Paisley Johnson-Harding on the All-WCC First Team. Sarah Hampson and Tegan Graham receive honorable mentions. The Dolphins released Kyle Van Noy after uh, one year of his four-year $51 million contract. Wanted some more cap space. Van Noy was the captain last season. He said, I am surprised and disappointed in their decision, among other comments. Uh, as a captain, I gave my all to the team. Uh, where will KVN land? We'll discuss in what's trending. I'd be mad to leave South Beach after one year, too. Come on. How many years did he spend in New England and Detroit? He finally got to the beach, and that's one year? Yeah, I'd be bugged. Can Mc- go back to New England, man. Maybe he'll, well, 
They won't win now. They don't have coverage. Truth. Maybe you can go to Tampa Bay. Just go across Maybe. the state. Maybe. Just go across the state. Michaela Coolahan of 14th-ranked BYU women's soccer named the WCC Offensive Player of the Week after scoring in dramatic fashion a player down and picking up an assist in a 3-2 win over San Francisco. The ladies on the road this week taking on Mizzou tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. The game will be available through BYU Radio, the website, and the app. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. How about this? Some chalk from the West Coast Conference from preseason to postseason in terms of the awards. There's only one wrong selection from preseason to postseason, Jerem. So, I mean, should we give the WCC coaches the benefit of the doubt? Did they get it right this year? I think they did. Yeah, the, uh, we selected ten players we thought deserved. Uh, you know, the, we did five on the first team, five on the second team. They do ten on the first team, but yeah, we lined up uh, perfectly. So uh, yeah, of course, I think they got it right. There's only one difference, as I mentioned. Matthias Toss from St. Mary's was not a part. Nobody of the postseason awards. Nobody, nobody from St. Mary's. Team. Yeah, I I told you like a month ago that if Tommy Kuz is your best player. You're, like, Tommy's a nice player, but St. Mary's wasn't that good this year, so nobody showed up. Jalen Suggs is the man that replaces Matthias Toss on the all-WCC first team, which they, in hindsight is only, like a gross well, oversight. Well, it's not an oversight because they don't allow a newcomer into the preseason top Why not? I don't know. That's a weird rule. I don't know. Because he was obviously going to be one of the best players. Exactly. Exactly. You could argue for Jalen Suggs as the player of the year. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and cool that Matt Harms got Defensive Player of the Year. Yes. We weren't quite sure if that would happen, but I'd it did. L- I'd like to pat ourselves on the back for that because while we dubbed it as a little bit of a blue goggle take that Matt Harms would be the Defensive Player of the Year, the coaches okay. felt the same way. Yeah, and I don't know that anyone else you know, stood out in an amazing way outside of uh, Matt. You know, there wasn't like a – I mean, you could argue for Kispert, but maybe they were like, eh, he Suggs was. was good on defense too. He was the Player of the Year. You know, you can – I'm not opposed to if like handing it out to the same guy for a bunch. I think with the Y Awards a couple years ago, they were like, "We need to spread the love. You can't win more than like one or something." But I was like, "What if you're just the best? Like, what if you dominate this, this, and this?" In the spirit, the spirit of fairness in that regard to me is the same as like, let's give a, a medal to every kid who participates as if they won. <laughs> like, well, are you teaching them that it's okay to lose? Because I tell my dad. It's okay to lose. It's okay. Just do your best. Whatever. And if your best isn't good enough, then that's okay because there's always people that are better than you. And in this league, that's Gonzaga. And they took home the awards. They should. Mark Few should win the Coach of the Year every year. They should just give it to someone else as uh, sort of a consolation yes. prize. The non-Gonzaga Coach of the Year and the non-Gonzaga All-WCC First Team. We will We're going that. to do this we next will do year. We will do next year because it's just boring. With They're just too dominant. My next question is Unless how we many change it players, to Gonzaga Sports Nation. If Matt Harms and Alex Barcelo and Brandon Averett succumb to the temptations and the luring of Mark Pope to come back for another year to play basketball at BYU instead of pursuing a professional career, will all three of those guys be on the all WCC first team postseason awards next year? I trust that dude. Is this finally the year that BYU may actually compete legitimately for a conference championship with Gonzaga after the Zags lose? Kispert and Suggs, or is it just going to be the same they, old story? Uh, you, they reload, they win the conference again, even if BYU brings back everybody they have on the team this year. Yes. 
It's not it's not like the twentieth ranked team. It's the best team in the country. It's so amazing. No, no they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll All figure right. it out. And even if BYU was two within two games in a regular normal year of Gonzaga, I'd be happy. Two games. That to me would feel like wow, that was close. And BYU is within three games this in a non regular year. In a you didn't year. you didn't play as many games. Yeah. A pat on the back collectively. For us calling 10 out of 10, all WCC first team. We finally got something right. Yay! Topic two. Kyle Van Oer was released yesterday by the Dolphins. Now looking for a new home. What's your reaction to the news, and what's next? Honestly, I can't believe that the Dolphins were so quick to get rid of a guy that is a proven veteran and was named a team captain. If Van Noy had issues in the locker room and guys didn't respect him or whatever, it was a one-year experiment, fine. He was named a captain. So what happened with management to know or to make them think, yeah, okay, Van Noy is expendable. It, it to me, it strictly has to be financial, right? It had to be it has financial. to be financial. Yeah, he was just too expensive, I guess, against the cap and what they were trying to do. Get someone younger, cheaper. I wonder if management went to him and said, "Okay, here's our situation financially. Would you take a little bit less money to stay?" Doubt it. Just, but it sounds like they didn't even give him the option to do that. They just said, see you later. I, I was hanging out with Kyle's dad Saturday, and this was not exactly in the mix. Just like out of the it blue, wasn't. which is why he went to Twitter and was like, I'm disappointed. Yeah. I can't believe this happened. That's a pure reaction. I want them yeah. to just give him an option. Like, hey, we're in a, we're in a financial bind. Will you work with us? And if he it, said, nah, it's better for me to go somewhere else, great. At least there's some type of common understanding, but... From the looks of it, it just seems like it was out of left field. This is pro sports, though. I don't, I don't know that they need to do that. Like, that'd be nice, but it, it's a... A captain, though? A, a captain that you're... You find a new captain. Team selected. Yeah, they wanted him to be the captain. You find a new guy? And listen, what did Kyle get? Did he get 15 guaranteed mil or something from this? Like, he ain't hurting. I don't know He'll what's next, right. but I'll tell you what I hope is next. That... Kyle gets himself into a scenario where he's playing with a former BYU guy, whether that's That'd be the fun. Chiefs, the 49ers, maybe... Uh, well, here's the thing. He's, he's going to have to take a pay cut if he wants to go play for a contender, probably, a depending on how much cap space is available. Now, I won't be shocked if he goes back to the Patriots, but it'd be cheaper. And this is a Belichick thing, right? Like, oh, you go elsewhere, I get you back on the cheap. Um, so... We'll, we'll see how, how cheap he wants to be with this. Apparently the Ravens were in the mix last year. That might be a fit. That might be interesting. Some other things being thrown out there. Um, yeah, because Matthew Judon um, you know, might go elsewhere, a stud linebacker for the Ravens. And then you look at the Broncos. They may do the same thing to Von Miller because he's so expensive. So if they bring, maybe they bring Kyle Van Oyen as an edge rusher to replace him if they do that. We'll see. Uh, Bucks could do it, like you mentioned. If they don't sign Shaq Barrett, who is a, a really good player, Perhaps Van Noy reunites with and he stays in Thomas Florida. Brady. He goes to the Gulf yeah. side. He's happy. Warm weather. Still I think there. he's happy regardless. He just got fifteen million dollars uh, for not playing for the Dolphins. So I, I think he's happy. I think it regardless. would be amazing to watch him line up alongside Fred Warner. That would be awesome. That would be the worst <laughs> for your Seahawks. Yeah, for my Seahawks. But for everybody but else, it would be fun. It's so fun to watch those guys play together. And a linebacker yeah, for a, on a, totally. a really good defense. G- Giants might be interesting, too. Joe Judge was a special team coach with a couple of those squads that Kyle Inouye was on, right? So there's a connection there. But Brian Flores was the uh, you know linebackers coach in New England with Kyle and still waived Kyle with the Dolphins. Now as head coach. So 
Who, who knows? I'm not exactly sure where he's going to go, but wherever he goes, it's going to be fine. Just no Detroit. No, like, black hole. He's not going back to Detroit. You know, Are you kidding well, me? Well, I mean, like Detroit. Um, yeah. No no Raiders. No Wait a second. Lions. Wait a second. No. Las Vegas? The Las Vegas Raiders? You don't think Kyle Van Noy would entertain that type of situation? What, what I want is for him to thrive. Like, I want him to be in a playmaking scenario where it matters, Right. Detroit, Detroit, and Oakland. Are, I was. I used to say the Browns. Hey, Browns uh, won a playoff game this year. You know. Uh-huh. Rumor has it, and this is somewhat related to this, that Andy Reid is interested in one Michael Davis of the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's go. Of course, he's going to throw a bone to those guys. At least he'll at least give them a try. Mitch Matthews, Aleva Hifo, Tijon Karoma. These are all guys that were at least in camp with the Chiefs. Didn't end up making the team. Davis is a proven commodity at cornerback in the league, so that'd be interesting to see if he goes over and joins Daniel Sorensen in the Chiefs' secondary. That'd be fun. Bring in Van Noy. Bring in Davis. Let's go BYU, Andy Reid. Come on now. What is this, Cougar Board? <laughs> What? Our, our question of the day, which NFL team do you want Kyle Van Noy to play for next season? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At DSTOT50. I'd say my Lions. No, no, no. But no, no. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> he knows. That. He we knows. We already did that. So I say Chiefs, Saints. 49ers or even Packers, mm. somewhere he can win and shine, like you said, Jerem. He needs to be allowed to make plays wherever he goes. And he will, but that's not my issue. It's I want them to be relevant plays, plays that matter, a.k.a. on a playoff team. So, he, he, and again, he may have to take a significant pay cut. That's why he was cut in the first place. He, he was expensive. It's brutal, dude, in the NFL, man. You could, listen, J.J. Watt wants out, but like, has a massive contract. See ya. You know, Deshaun Watson wants out, still isn't out. It's 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 Kyle didn't want out, but you move from you move around. It's that Russell Wilson kind of wants out of Seattle deal. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so fluid, right? But that's business. Like everyone's out for their own skin in the NFL. You know, team what team from the Titans? It's it's about the dollar. It's about the cap, and ultimately about winning. You think. I'm just bummed that there will only be one year of Kyle Van Noy teamed up with Fitzmagic. <laughs> because Kyle sang Fitzmagic with Pat McAfee on the Pat yeah. McAfee show, and it was amazing. Yeah. But he, no more of that. You can still sing it if you want. Oh, 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 Fitzmagic. It's so beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> really? Coming yeah, up. really, David. Coming up. It's not as beautiful. Less singing. Latest Bracketology Matchup Project. BYU versus the Blue Blood and the Dance. And... Former BYU quarterback Zach Wilson and projected top five NFL pick Zach Wilson offers his opinion on the spring quarterback situation. Why he says competition is just what the doctor ordered for these quarterbacks. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch the season finale, BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Coach Greg Bell reviewed the regular season, the awards, the bracket, the last deep blue of the season features Wyatt Lowell, Matt Harms is in studio. Watch it on demand or watch it after BYUSN today at 1 The wise man built his house upon a rock. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We have reached that time for our weekly conversation with Zach Wilson on his path to the NFL Draft. Will he be the number one pick, the number two pick? We hope he's the top five pick. We think he will be. He joined us yesterday to discuss not just his current training, 
but the current status of the quarterback battle in Provo. Fun stuff. All of this on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Zach, your boys Chaz Ayu and Tyler Algier had the massive opportunity to put on display the brand new uniforms for the social media universe with the Navy and Royal Blue helmets. What do you think of the new kits for BYU football? Yeah, BYU is, uh, they're different now, man. They're keeping up with the times, finally. Um, <laughs> you know, now we're allowed to have Coke on campus, and now we got cool uniforms. So they're finally doing things right. Um, you know, I guess that's what happens when you win You win some football games. You get to do some fun stuff. So. <laughs> uh, super you- jealous, though. I wish I was able to wear those, man. Which which combination did you like the most out of uh, the navy and the royal and the white here? Well, I think that's what's so cool. I, I liked all of them. You know, normally I'm like, oh, not a big big fan of the navy, but the navy helmet uh, mixed with those uniform combos looks sweet. So you know, I can't I can't complain. I told Billy, hey, all white wasn't something I really liked until this year, and now I associate it with winning. So uh, I'm cool with it now. How did you feel about this year in the jerseys? Because it was a little different. You guys were trying some new stuff. Yeah, it was awesome. It definitely makes it more fun. Uh, you know, you look good, you play good, and I definitely believe in that. And so I think it was awesome to be able to met, you know, mess around with uh, different jersey combinations, and now they're taking it to a whole other level. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Zach, I know the coaches and the equipment guys and the staff, they'll do whatever they can to lure a star player back. And I'm sure that they're like, hey, Zach, come back. We got some good things in the waiting. Um, but obviously you're, you're on to your next adventure in the NFL. However, we are curious, when was the last time you legitimately entertained coming back to BYU for one more season? Yeah, I remember we were doing a, you know, a little photo shoot you know, before I even decided you know, what I was doing. I was still – you know, on the edge, we're in season and, and we we're sitting there uh, doing, you know, photos for, for the blacked out uniforms against San Diego State. And I remember Billy was just like, you know, hey, if you stay, I promise we'll make this like the uniform. Like we'll, we'll keep this uniform. And, <laughs> and we'll wear it. And, you know, that was probably what it was the hardest to have to decide. OK, we'll talk about your experience and some NFL stuff, but we d- did want to pick your brain about the BYU quarterback race. This is certainly there's no bigger topic in BYU sports than a quarterback race. And so now we have a fun one with Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney and Jacob Conover and Sol J. Peters. You got to know these guys really well. What do you think of this group of guys that are competing for that top spot? Yeah, they all want it. They're all hungry for it. Um, you know, some of them have been waiting. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of their times to, to show what they got. Uh, some of the young guys that want to play early have an opportunity right now. And some of the guys that have been there for a little bit, you know, learning and uh, not, not being able to play as much have an opportunity as well. And so I think they're all, um, you know, hungry to get going at it. You know, I talked to some of the coaches about, you know, what's been, you know, going on. And they said there's a little bit of rust just, you know, all over and they haven't installed everything. But, you know, he said there's promise uh, between everybody. So I'm excited to see what happens. Hopefully I catch the end of it. BYU quarterback great Zach Wilson with us on BYU Sports Nation as he prepares for the NFL draft. Because you were in that open competition to a degree at BYU with Tanner Mangum and then it was your job and then going into last season there was still some competition out there. What's the best and worst part of that dynamic as a guy in your position? Yeah, I mean, you, you approach every single day like, like you know, it's a tryout, like, like you're in an interview to try and win that starting job. You know, every little thing you do, you feel like it's getting documented. Um, you know, the thing that does suck is, you know, you feel like it, uh, you know, hampers with the relationships with you and maybe the other quarterbacks a little bit. You know, you feel like, 
uh, you know, you're cool on the outside, but deep down, you know, you're like, you know, we're competing, like we're not friends right now, you know? So it's kind of funny the way you approach it, but, uh, you know, your button heads, you're, you're trying to see who gets, you know, with the starting center, or who's, you know, getting in line first, who's throwing routes versus there first, you know, who's getting the handoffs first. And so everything's a competition. I think it just makes everyone better. And, um, I think it's a, a good thing to experience that. And, you know, it teaches you how to, you know, ride the, the highs and lows. And so those guys are definitely going to figure that out. Certainly the earlier, the better in establishing who the guy is yet. I feel like, and we feel like it may take until fall camp, like it did last year to really know who the guy is. So as a quarterback in that situation, do you feel like, Hey, it needs to be all spring ball. PRPs need to be kind of just divided among us. You know, there's not like a quarterback dictating this and then fall camp. We resume that. Yeah, no doubt. I definitely think that's, you know, how, how it will go just because, um, you know, it's, it's pretty tied. I, I would say all over and they're waiting for that person that's going to step up and truly separate themselves. Cause I know, um, you know, they haven't had that yet. They just haven't seen a lot of the, the other guys. And so, uh, I think it's going to take into fall camp. Um, and then granted, I mean, spring ball is definitely a time where a lot of guys that, you know, definitely don't play a ton or, or are new to the team, get a lot of reps. And so, um, you know, it's, it's hard to see, how well people do when different guys are all thrown in there at different positions. You know, the offense is still rusty, you know, last season feels like it just ended. And so uh, fall camp is really when I feel like people are starting to get into a rhythm. The team is um, on track with everything. So this is, you know, really just a good introductory to like getting guys ready for, for what football in college is going to be like. Zach, whenever Aaron Roderick tells you who the starting quarterback is going to be, we're going to use you as our insider to break that news. Are you cool with that? <laughs> Yeah, if you guys pay well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're working, we're working on that. You know this is BYU TV, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know how much tithing, uh, I know how much tithing takes, too. So. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> well played, Mr. Wilson. Well played. All right, let's talk about you a little bit, uh, because obviously you're locked in. You're doing everything you can to get ready for the NFL and uh, a projected top 10 pick into the NFL. What's your biggest strength as a quarterback as of early March in 2021? Yeah, I feel like it's the ability to, um, to make, you know, some of the, the awkward, funny throws, um, you know, that maybe are the explosive plays in games. I feel like that's my strength, especially when we're out here throwing on the field. Um, when you get to this level, everybody can throw, uh, you know, the basics and, and the outs and, and the curls and all the, you know, the straight drop back routes. But I feel like, um, you know, where I can separate myself is when a play breaks down, you know, you got to leave the pocket, you got to throw off balance. You got to be able to, you know, drive ball in, in awkward positions that I feel like that's where, um, you know, I can separate myself. And so um, that's definitely something I've been working on and something I'm definitely going to add to my pro day, pro day script. What's the one game that if you can only pick one game, you can give to an NFL GM and scouts and say, this is who I am. Yeah. You know, I think that's, uh, I think that's hard. I mean, when, you know, I'm not even just talking about myself, but when the whole team dominated the way that we did uh, this last season, it's hard to just point to a, to one game. You know, we had a lot of big time plays um, in a lot of different games that we had played. Um, you know, I want to say Louisiana tech was a good one. I think I only had a couple of incomplete incompletions in that game total. Um, you know, so there's not much to, to say that was bad in that game. Um, but I mean, you look at some better competition games with Boise state and UCF and, and even Houston, uh, some in clutch moments. Um, I would say those are the best. And then, you know, even being able to, you know, put together some two minute drives, you know, we came short at coastal Carolina, but I would say, 
um, you know, that's a drive being able to move the field at the end uh, that I know a lot of coaches are intrigued with. Zach Wilson on BYU Sports Nation as he is on his path to the NFL draft. It's been two and a half months since BYU disposed of UCF in that bowl game in dominating fashion. Where have you grown the most as a quarterback from late December to now early March? Yeah, well, mentally, you know, we're in the film room every single day uh, learning uh, how the NFL game was played. And it's definitely different. You know, there's uh, quite a bit more going on, more on my plate, more things I'm going to have to handle. Um, you know, but I think it's great. I think it's, uh, you know, such a great, great experience to be able to go through all this stuff, um, you know, with other quarterbacks every day. So that's just going to push us to be better anyways. Um, you know, but just I, I would say the resources in general. I just, you know, being able to not have school and then you're focusing on football all day. You got film study and then, you know, you're working on the board, going through things. Um and then you're out on the field, uh, lifting, all, running, all that stuff is so great. And so, you know, we just have better resources. You know, I'd say that's that's the biggest difference. We do interviews now about you. People call and say, tell us about Zach Wilson. And we do our best to represent you as best we can, of course. Uh, one in Portland said, uh, what's, what's the we- what does Zach Wilson not do well? Or what's a weakness or question marking? And I said, Honestly, there's not a ton. Like the one year, the one year thing isn't a thing. Uh, Joe Burrow, I would argue, even Steve Young just had the one good year in college, right? But the one thing that came up, I was like, well, the schedule's a thing. Yet BYU dominated, so that's certainly going to come up with GMs and scouts. How do you address the the way you played and dominated against a schedule that didn't include any Power Fives, but that wasn't BYU's fault? Yeah, no doubt. I think the best way to look at it is is to imagine that there is no defense on the field. I think. Um, if you just completely look at what an offense is doing and, and the way that they're doing it and the throws that, you know, I'm making and the, and the spots that I'm putting up. And if there's a wowing factor in the things that we're doing uh, with absolutely no defense and, you know, that's how you, how you judge a, a team, you know, and, um, you know, I wasn't able to make those kind of throws and stuff. My, my sophomore year, you know, going through injury and development and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think, I think where a team, you know, starts to look at the schedule, um, you know, I think most coaches, you know, because I'm not the only one, how many quarterbacks have come through that, you know, haven't played a good schedule. Um, you could say that with every BYU quarterback that's come through that's played in the Mountain West. Uh, so really, I think that I think the coaches will go through and they look at it and they say, you know, how is this throw um, just as a throw with no defense, you know, not depending on what a defense is actually doing. And I think that's how uh, they judge everything you're doing. What's the throw from last year or throws that you're most proud of? Yeah, uh, you know, I think clinching the game at Houston was pretty cool. The Dax on a little sluggo route and being able to put one up and down pretty quick and get it to him in the back pylon to, you know, pull ahead of, uh, in front of those guys or, or Texas State, you know, before half. Um, you know, the, the long one across, across my body, and that was, you know, really just because I felt like, you know, it matched up with my film study and things that I was working on. Um, or the Law Tech, you know, whole shot uh, right before the half uh, to Gunner. Um, you know, there was definitely some fun moments, that's for sure. Can I add the Neil Pau touchdown, which I think was your final? Like <laughs> UCF, that throw, like on, dude, on his hip in the bowl game was unbelievable, yeah. right? That was that was a crazy throw. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, you know, I was really trying just to anticipate uh, Neil turning up the field, having the corner with his his eyes uh, on Neil and not being able to see me, and just trying to fit that ball in there quick so I wouldn't have to float it in the air. And so, 
you know, I was really trying to just show off a little bit right there. <laughs> Brady, Mission accomplished. And, and you did. Brady Christensen was hilarious. We had him on, I don't know, a month or two ago, Spence. And, and he said, I used to run down all the way into the end zone and celebrate with the guys, but we started scoring too much and almost too quickly. I would just turn, embrace Zach, and then run to the sideline. That's a yeah. good problem, right? It is, yeah. I mean, I stopped running down there, too. He's like, I'll, I'll meet him on the bench and we get to the sideline. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll see you over there, man. Nice he's job. Like, huh? I'll, I'll see you like, over, I'll see like, you over there. Hey, you just point. You just point down there. Yeah. Zach Wilson on BYU Sports Nation. Zach, what, what type of feedback and critique are you receiving from NFL scouts, whether that's through your agent or direct contact and, and the things that they're telling you to work on over the next month or two? Yeah, you know, that's what's, you know, that's what's so interesting about this last year, right? Like, you know, we did so well. Um, you know, we didn't have many mistakes. I wouldn't say, you know, I definitely have weaknesses, you know, no doubt. I definitely have so many things I need to work on. Is, is there specifics of, you know, things to point at? You know, I don't know if there is. And it, and it you know, I think really draws back to how this last season went, you know, when we dominate as well as we did. Uh, there's not things like, hey, he needs to get way better at this or that, you know. And I think um, once I get to the NFL, I go against some harder defenses. I start to have some adversity. You know, that's where you really start to, you know, filter through all those things that you think you need to work on. And so uh, right now I think I can get better in every aspect. I think I can be a more accurate thrower. I think I can improve my deep ball, my, my ability to lay over, uh, layer the ball over defenders, you know, every, everything in every aspect needs, needs to improve, but there's not, you know, one thing that, you know, teams are pointing at, um, you know, maybe besides my weight. <laughs> <laughs> Love the uh, honesty there. Is there a certain uh, weight they want you at for your height or, or, or anything like a certain amount of weight they want you to put on? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, typically you just want to have enough on to where, uh, you're going to be able to hang at the next level with some of these bigger guys. I mean, currently I'm sitting at like two fifteen, two sixteen, which, um, you know, everyone kind of lies a little bit on their, uh, their game day logs. Like I know, you know, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan's, I know those guys, you know, really aren't two twenty. Um, you know, they just say that. So, you know, I'm not far off. I want to be about two twenty. I'm about 215, so I'm not far off from where I want to be. Uh, you know, but I got a bunch of massive alignments, so I don't think that helps in, in how big I look. And so hopefully I can show teams, you know, I'm not a, a tiny guy. So, All right, Zach, I want to finish with this because it, it happens every year, these new class of quarterbacks that come up. Everyone wants to make a comparison to somebody that played before or is currently playing in the NFL. I've heard you compared to everyone from – Aaron Rodgers and some dynamics in his game to Russell Wilson to Patrick Mahomes. How do you feel about those comparisons and who do you feel like you match up closest to? Yeah, I mean, those are all very generous uh, compliments. Those are the greatest uh, throwers around. Um, you know, personally, I don't like to compare myself to any of those guys. I can just kind of look at it like, you know, I'm, I'm Zach Wilson. You know, I throw how I throw. Um, you know, I'm different than all of those guys. You know, there's maybe some similarities in there, but, um, you know, it's generous to be compared to those guys, but really, you know, I try and avoid, you know, comparing myself to anybody just cause I'm my, I'm my own, uh, I'm my own quarterback. So. And we know that you have better style though than Aaron Rodgers, right? We've, we've clarified that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a different generation. He's got like the old man style, um, hey, but it's, it's a swag. It's a swag for him. I know that you know, yeah. he told me actually, uh, the one, the single strap, chin strap, uh, gets the ladies. So I'll have to take note of that. <laughs> and he's engaged now. So there you go. I yeah, love it. it. Obviously works. That's what, you know, that's what got her. 
Zach, it's great to catch up with you, man. Uh, we look forward to doing this every week. And, uh, again, we wish you the best. Stay healthy. Train well. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Zach Wilson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I really enjoy that conversation every week that we have with him. Yeah, our weekly uh, path to the draft for him. So it should be fun to see what happens. Uh, You know, Chris Sims this morning. Hey, numero uno, let's go. Coming up, the woman behind the amazing turnaround for BYU Distance Runners, one of our favorites, Dilji Taylor, will join the program. Plus, Yoli or Jimmer, which demands the most attention in their respective pro career right now? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. We'll be live from Las Vegas and Provo for the West Coast Conference Tournament. Live look into the Orleans Arena. I can smell it now. WCC (laughs) Tournament, BYU Sports Nation as well. We start Thursday morning with coverage. Spencer will be down there. I'll be here in Provo. 3.30 Eastern time, LMU and Pepperdine starts things on Thursday. Somebody told me the air in that place will uh, eliminate COVID. So pretty cool, man. Let's hope so. A lot of players in there. <laughs> yes. He is Jeremiah Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around, as always, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Pac-12 football analyst Yogi Roth, I like Yogi, mm-hmm. told Salt Lake City Radio Station 1280 The Zone this morning, we can't go 2-3 and three against BYU, we being the Pac-12. <laughs> Cougars play against five Pac-12 teams in 2021. Are we going to disappoint Yogi? Yes, because we, that's what BYU Brigham. does. We, we are going to disappoint the we of Yogi Roth and a collective Pac-12. I know Yogi's a West Coast guy. He has he makes no bones about it. BYU does this. They win forty percent of their Power Five games. So if they have three, fi- the if they have five against the Pac-12, then at minimum they're going two and three. Maybe this is the year BYU goes three and two against those five Pac-12 teams, and that could pace for something borderline special. Yeah, that'd be nice. I, I would I would think like four and one would be something spectacular, right? But BYU's three and eight against the Pac-12 since Kalani Stocky took over. Um, you can't just take out Utah, but if you take out Utah, it's essentially better. 500. Yeah, it's almost 500. 27 percent win rate. BYU wins about 40 percent versus Power Five overall. Hopefully, BYU can figure it out to get at least three wins. In. Joe Lenardi, the bracketologist, has BYU basketball slated as a seven seed, matched up against ten seed North Carolina in the first round of uh, projected NCAA tournament. Do you like the idea of BYU playing a blue blood like North Carolina in the opening round of the tournament? Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, UNC is four and four right now, three and eight in quad one and twos. BYU has more quad one wins, by the way. Uh, UNC has a quad three loss. BYU does not. BYU is a better team than North Carolina and Duke and Kentucky. I like it. I think it's fun. Yeah, BYU-Duke or BYU-North Carolina would be a juicy Duke, buildup. Duke's fighting to get in. I don't know if they'll get in, dude. They're like 59 in the net. All right. Uh, by the way, BYU 19 in the net rankings again today. Still projected 7 seed for most outlets. And Jim Fredette scored 30 in his last game for the Sharks. Uh, in China, Yoli Child scored a season high 18 in his most recent G League game yesterday. You more interested in what's going on with Yoli or Jimmer right now? We've reached the point for Jimmer where he's got to go like 40-plus for it to really pop off the page or even hit that 50 mark in the CBA. So for me, Yoli's still got a legitimate shot to make it to the NBA and I'm interested to see how his career develops there, so I'm, I'm leaning towards Yoli. Uh, yeah, I'm, I can pick one. I'm all in on both. It's all good. We love them both. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested in both, absolutely. Uh, coming up, spring football roster notes. Plus, the woman behind a BYU women's track and field meteoric rise to national prominence. Coach Dilji Taylor joins us yeah. next. This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Catch the latest BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. New episode drops today. She'll be doing shows from the West Coast Conference Tournament in Vegas as well through next uh, midweek. Watch on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and BYU TV Sports YouTube channel. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from the studio Bizzle. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is a woman who has her team's Rolling, both in the top 10 of the national rankings, Diljeet Taylor of BYU Women's Track and Field. Welcome back to the show, Coach. Congratulations on all of your recent success. Thanks so much, guys. It's fun to be back at it. Now, I want everyone to see what I saw on Twitter last weekend, which is you celebrating with your runners after they posted the NCAAs number one, two, and three times in the mile so far this season. That was unbelievable, Coach. What was that moment like for you? Um. Going into the meet, we kind of knew that they were pretty fit. But when something comes together like that, the race was set up perfectly and they executed the race plan. And it was pure joy and excitement in that moment. Uh, Both Courtney and Olivia have been here with me since day one. So it's been fun to see them rise to the top um, over the last five years. So just I was very excited. And, you know, I tend to show my enthusiasm externally. Um, but yeah, they were jaw dropping performances and we're super excited to take that momentum into next week. Is there anyone more stylish than you when it comes to coaches in the NCAA? You got, I mean, that that's next level style right there. Yeah. I, I try to step up my game. I try to keep it, keep it to the top, but, um, no, I have fun with it. And when you're top 10 people notice, right? So you got to bring it. So, uh, your girls have, and, and ladies, women, uh, have rewritten the record books. I mean, it has been unbelievable what they've done this year in particular, and obviously while you've been at BYU. What has it taken to create the culture and not only the uh, performance uh, on the track and, and outdoors running and cross country as well? This has been awesome. Yeah, I think we started this thing five years ago, and you know, the culture always precedes the winning. I, I'm a big believer in that, and I also am a big believer in just empowering women. And I think what you're seeing now is a product of women who have consistently been putting in the work and feel really fit and confident and strong. And it's all coming together. But um, a lot of it's just been built on love and faith. And just those are kind of like the the key staples to our program. We, we talk a lot about the little girl and the BYU run for her motto. So I think I think you're just seeing something bigger than just individual performances, but also just women running for, for something bigger than themselves. And it's, it's been very exciting. It's been a little tough to juggle both indoor season and cross country season simultaneously. Um, But I, I, based on their performances, we're, we're doing it. Okay. Let's talk about run for her. This, this is something that you use as a motivational tactic uh, with your team. What does that mean? Well, it can mean just a variety of things. Mostly the run for her is every single one of these women was a little girl that had a dream. And and when things get hard, sometimes it's easy for me to remind them that, that we run for that little girl that fell in love with the sport. And that is what we've built the BYU run for her motto. It, it's kind of our signature of, of uh, this uh, tailor-made program. Um, and and it, it can also be the, the sisterhood. It can be each other. It can be... Um, but most importantly, it's, it's that little girl that fell in love with the sport. And my women are big dreamers. And so when you when you bring that dream back to that little girl where it all started, it's easier just to give a little bit more for, for that little girl. 
we obviously want to pinpoint or at least try and figure out what the secret sauce is in this unbelievable rise Just over the last us, five Dilgy. years. Don't keep but, it a secret. Wh- Let how, us in. How have you done this? Like, what what is the reasoning behind this? Because every coach takes over wanting to do great things. You've done it. How have you done it? Yeah, I mean, that that is the million-dollar question. Honestly, I think it takes the right type of women being in this environment here at BYU makes it a little bit easier for for us to implement some of those things that it takes to be an elite level distance runner. But honestly, the, the secret ingredient is love. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in just loving these women and building them up. And, and sometimes, you know, when you love them, you got to be really tough on them. So I'm, I'm also a believer in being really tough, but I think having the right combination of the two, um, you end up seeing something pretty magical happening. And, and again, magical things were happening in, in, year one, I think the, the mile school record was broken by Erica Burke way back then. And we just built off of it since then. So really the legacy was created in that first year by the women that bought in. And that's a big part of the program is believing in what you're doing. And I think just, you know, you got to trust, trust the process. And these women have done that. They're very talented. I'm excited to see um, the best is yet to come. So I'm excited to see kind of where this takes us. And it's awesome to watch because you can have great culture. Um, and then, yes, that can translate, right? You have talent and that. And so that combination is two teams competing for uh, a lot of national championships. We're referring to indoor track and cost country. But now we have the conundrum coming up uh, soon in the next, uh, you know, what is it, a uh, week or two of indoor track uh, championships and cross country championships being what separated by two days or something. So how's your team going to handle this? Are you all in on one? Are you splitting up? What are you doing? So back in January, I actually brought my team in and we, we are really fortunate. We have some women that have indoor eligibility that are out of cross and some that have cross country eligibility that are out of indoor. So I was able to bring the women in and split them up into two teams. Um, so I said, you are on the cross country team for BYU. You are on the indoor track team. And we have had completely separate practices. We have had two entirely different programs and there is no crossover between the two. So we're super fortunate. I believe we're the only program in the country um, that that has been able to do it that way. And I, I attribute that to the depth of, of um, the depth and strength of our women that we were able to do that. And um, so I won't have to make that those tough decisions that some of the other programs are going to have to do by either choosing to go all in on one or the other or doing a hybrid, trying to do both. I'm pretty fortunate that I'm just coaching two different teams right now. Coach, with the raised rankings, both teams in the top 10 come high expectations, undoubtedly. They kind of go hand in hand. So uh, from your perspective, how realistic is a national championship, whether individually or as a team, in either cross-country or track and field this season, given the unique circumstances of the pandemic and just how good your teams have been thus far? Yeah, I think um, I really like to just focus on the the process and not attach too much to the outcome. Obviously, we're going to have the will to win and put our best foot forward. I um, That's all I can promise is March 11th, 12th, and 15th, you're going to see women give their all and race their hearts out, and uh, hopefully we'll be bringing something special back to Provo. We cannot wait to watch it. And again, congratulations on just a magical season thus far. So much hard work has gone into this, and so we're trying to shine the light on it because you deserve it. 
Uh, and frankly, we, we miss your swag in studio. We miss your energy. Can't wait to have you back in here at some point soon. So uh, we, we look forward to that day. Okay. Well, I did because I normally love bringing you guys stuff. And I like, actually, the last time I was in the studio, it was like not under great circumstances. Believe it was right after. Okay. So I did drop Thank off you. a little delivery to you guys okay, today. Some cookies. I must remain in your favorite. <laughs> yep. So you got a little crumble cookie. Thank you. That's really nice of you. You're you, welcome. You have maintained your... I enjoy that. Yeah. Thanks for always giving us... You've maintained your number one spot, Thanks for DLG. always giving us good karma. We appreciate it. You got it. Have some okay. more karma. Take some more Thanks karma. Thanks so much for having me back. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. We need all the karma we can get. All right, Dilji Taylor on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Very Deseret nice. First, you know why we show how it's cookies. Very nice. We're going to get a peep uh, which uh, cookie we got. She, she's, oh! the, she, she's the best. Very nice. Shout out to my sister who works in the offices there as well. <laughs> Coming up, today's Rise and Shout Outs. And the BYU football spring roster changes and notes you need to be aware of, okay? Oh, we buried the lead here. If you want to be an elite fan anyway, you better not go anywhere. It's BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Best of the man, and boom goes the dynamite. You can download the podcast as well, subscribe, rate, and review. As promised, we roll out the new BYU spring football roster changes and other important things you need to know. This is the most random part of the show right now. Just Starting with notes. this, Mufi Hunt, the transfer from the University of Utah. Oh, he's going to have an impact on the D-line, Spence. Nope. He's going to play on the offensive line. Okay. What? Better fit. Okay. Uh, Oliver Nasilai, who uh, I said uh, when he was signed, I said, viewer discretion advice, he is a violent yes. linebacker. He's playing running back as well. Oh, a violent yeah. running back as well? I like that. I can Tyler get on board for that. And Oliver Nassila? Yeah, well, Tyler's called Psycho T, so what's Oliver's nickname going to be? <laughs> I, I, it might not be uh, friendly for the kids. Who knows? Another addition to the offensive line, Donovan Hanna, a kid that played for Max Hall at ALA Academy in the uh, Arizona area. Yeah. He's See, going from tight end to offensive line. It's not a big difference. It's just a few more cheeseburgers, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dean Jones plays defensive back. Uh, he's a guy from ALA as well. Queen Creek. So the head coach of that team now is one tight end. And the offensive coordinator is one, Max Hall. And the volunteer tight ends coach is one, Dennis Pitta, who we don't have time for. BYU Sports Nation, I know you all love Jake Oldroyd. Jake the make was back, had an all-American caliber year. But Cash Peterman is going to push Jake. He's back from his mission and ready to roll. And he's posting all these social media videos. Like, Cash Peterman... Has the he's got the swag and the confidence to eventually become BYU's kicker. This it's going to be a fun buildup. Swag and kicker are not two phrases that often come together. Straight cash, homie. Straight, straight cash, homie. Uh, nice hands, Larry. <laughs> Caleb Christensen has uh, taken number four, Troy Warner's number. So kind of occupying that. So sort of the Diane Gonwoloku frame, like a little shorter but stout and strong, good tackler. I like that. Chris yeah. Jackson has taken Dax Milne's number five. The vibes there. I'm cool with that. Okay. Keanu Hill's still number one. I don't know why we have this note here. What's, because what's I, the note there? I think that Did most he, people he assume that, that Zach Wilson oh. is... Uh, right. He was 86. No, he, he was 86. Yeah. So he's a number one. Yes. And I guess replaces Zach Wilson at number one because of Keanu his Hill offensive player? Keanu Hill intends on being a top five pick next year by taking the number <laughs> one. 
Uh, Mason Fakahua mm-hmm. uh, moves from quarterback to running back. Shout out to Alama Harrington. And uh, Miles Davis stays a running yes. back and a trumpet player. Miles. Which is great. He was a receiver, but he did well in some garbage time yeah, last year. He's back. a sneaky potential contributor for this BYU running backs. Run. Right. Like the fight for number three will be interesting because you still have Hinkley Ropati at running back. Yes. You still have Jackson McChesney. Uh-huh. Right? But I don't think those guys are in spring. I think they're still hurt. And are there some Ever. other potential stars coming down the transfer portal pipeline, Jerome? Mm. That's I, always an option. I love me an old school strong guy from the Bible. That's what I love. <laughs> <laughs> and his little brother, maybe? Okay. Uh, on to our oh. question of the day. Hey. Come on, baby, let's go. <laughs> Under our question of the day, which NFL team do you want Kyle Van Noy to play for next season? Our elite voice today presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Tavita Mac. Depending if Zach Wilson gets drafted to the Falcons, if so, Van Noy to the Dirty Birds. Maybe. Just stays in the South. Who knows, man? Today's rise and shout-outs presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Matt Harms, uh, we thought he'd be a good player. He was Defensive Player of the Year in the league, which was incredible. That exceeded expectations for Harms. me. He, some people were like, he needs to be a 20-10 and 10 guy. I'm like, that's not his game. He's like a 12-5-2 guy, but he will help you become a top defensive team. BYU's in the top 30. Yep. And that's awesome. If he had played 50 games and kind of kept up the block pace, he'd be number two in, in blocks uh, for a career per game. To Sean Bradley. That's where he sits right now, but he doesn't have the minimum to really know that. My rise and shout-out goes to Jeff Judkins, his second West Coast Conference Coach of the Year honor. He and his staff have done an amazing job navigating several COVID cancellations, postponements. They've worked back into that caliber of team that is going to be maybe in the NCAA tournament. They're on the bubble. An amazing job. He takes the honor, but it's an entire staff award, really. Yeah. Our thanks to today's guests, Zach Wilson and Dil G. Taylor. Sorry, Dennis. Ran out of time. Conversation continues online. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Travis Bright. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope up next on BYU TV. I'm going to Vegas. I'll see you from Lost Wages tomorrow. Go Cougs. Don't break that 50.